Hello again, I'm Tom. And I'm Nicole. And you're listening to The Bonded Podcast. Till death do us binge. Today's intro music was provided by Texas Radio Fish, their song Walking Back to El Paso, and it's made possible by a Creative Commons attribution non-commercial license. Thanks. It's great music. We really like it. Let us know what you think about it by replying below. Today's movie is going to be from Russia with Love. And before we get into that, we should also say, hi, it's 2019. Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been, um, it's been since November. Holidays are pretty crazy. <laughs> Holidays are very crazy. So um, even though they give you the amount of time to like watch a movie, I think schedule wise, it just didn't really work out for us. Well, and with you doing NaNoWriMo during the month of November to write a 50,000-word novel in 30 days, that didn't really give you a whole lot of free time for us to sit down and watch a Bond flick. Well, and plus, you were really zoning into Horizon Zero Dawn. You actually finished that. I did, yes. Uh, There was a Black Friday sale, and I picked up a copy of the game that had the, the DLC attached, and... I was surprised that there was like 25 hours worth of content in the DLC. It was really extensive. 25 hours is like 10 Bond films. (laughs) Hashtag priorities. Hashtag life goals. (laughs) (laughs) So, so we're going to be watching, or we're going to be talking about From Russia With Love. So if you have not seen this movie or you don't want it to be spoiled, even though it came out in the sixties, spoilers, stop listening now what i want you to do is just pause your your recording run over to your tv watch it i think it's on amazon prime for free or hulu one of the two watch it and then come back it's okay we'll still be here when you get back totally that's why you pause it so um (laughs) so from now on no spoilers from a film that's been out since the 60s I don't know. We're still hovering around that 50-year mark. It still might not have been enough time for people. That's true. You know, Bond, like, 57 is coming out soon. So, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. So, as a brief synopsis of the plot, uh, this is the uh, second installment of James Bond battling, uh, battling against the crime organization known as Spectre. Um, Spectre has... A desire to get a hold of a Russian coding machine called a Lector. And they have duped a Russian operative by the name of Tatiana into luring Bond into their clutches, into their trap. And he's going to have to rely on his wits to escape with his life. (gasps) Oh no, tell us, will James Bond do it? I'm in suspense. Okay, so first of all, This movie took $2 million to make. It took in more than $78 million in worldwide box office receipts. To say that that's a success is... Oh, it's a blockbuster in 1960s cinema. In fact, because Dr. No was so successful, they just greenlit this immediately. And it it exceeded all expectations. Nobody was expecting this to break even $50 million. Um... United Artists were the ones who distributed this, and they filmed on location in Turkey, as well as Scotland and Pinewood Studios in Buckinghamshire. So, um, 
They ran over budget. They ran over schedule. But they released it in October of 1963. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. But, like, a few things from Russia with Love. When you hear that title, what do you think of? Like, are there, like, two or three Russian things that, like, kind of just, like, make you think of of that at all? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is that it might be taking place in Russia. But that's... (laughs) Totally not the case. <laughs> that is totally not the case. But like, uh, for me, From Russia With Love kind of sounds like, you know, like the big three, I think in the 60s was intelligence, which we sort of have. Um, chess, because that was a huge thing. Um, and also a lot of vodka, which was not a thing. Like, we see James Bond drink a lot in the first movie. He does not drink so much in this movie. He had a hot coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of amazing. Well, and also... In the opening of this, you see kind of what the James Bond films are known for. You see James Bond is this this thing that we have to fight against. We're training all of our operatives. You know, originally, the first movie, he was kind of laughable. You know, he didn't even want to go. He didn't want the gun. He didn't want any of that. He was just like, no, I'm good being an international playboy slash I work for MI6 or whatever. <laughs> Not MI6. Double O. What is, what is his organization? I think MI6 is MI6? Okay. the organization. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, he he's actually a force to be reckoned with based on what he did with Dr. No, which is kind of awesome. <laughs> At least in my opinion. Like, hey, wait a second. This is James Bond. We got to watch out for this guy. Let's train to fight him. I feel like this is a more... This is a more James Bond film that we expect. He's not hes not this brand new operative that needs to be handheld. It, it almost seemed like they hadn't figured out who James Bond really was in Dr. No. And it was almost a caricature of himself. Whereas here in this movie, they've really sort of locked in the the quintessential concept of James Bond. This suave... Uh, ladies man who has the ability to get himself out of any kind of tricky situation either by luck or skill and he knows how to take a carpet dive or like a seat dive oh my gosh <laughs> there's one scene the in choreographing the in the fight scenes oh my gosh <laughs> i mean it was great like you see his hair get all messed up and then he like dives in and he like lands on the the, the car seat as as tatiana is sleeping because she's been knocked out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it's just, it, it's a rough... <laughs> I think they're still trying to find the way with the fighting. Like, they have the gentleman thing down. They have, like, the suaveness down. And they have, oh, he knows how to play with all the toys kind of thing down. I think I think other Bond actors probably do a different fight scene, Maybe. I don't know. Like, it's not a Daniel Craig fight scene. I I could understand if there were some weirdness with the choreographing of the fight scenes, if it was Sean Connery doing all of the fight scenes. (laughs) But it's not. But it's not. There were a couple of shots in the train fight at the end of the movie where it was clearly a stuntman. Like, they do a face-on shot of the guy getting getting knocked backwards. You're like, wait, that, that, that wasn't... That wasn't Connery. <laughs> well, and also, speaking of weird, 
I got a lot of Doctor um, Doctor Evil and like that kind of Austin Powersy kind of campy feel to this. You know, well, you have the Frau, uh, who's this Russian lady who just won't take no. And there's there's a lot of weird things that she does as well. She's kind of like the handler. She's number three. Yeah, number yeah. three. And um, while it's great that she's number three, Frau is also number three in the uh, the Austin Powers movies. <laughs> And of course, the Austin Power movies are a complete parody of James Bond and a lot of the influence from those Austin Power movies comes directly from From Russia With Love, from Goldfinger, from those early James Bond films, which are the most easily parodyable. I, I mean, I actually, I really like this one a lot more than I thought I would. And it wasn't just because there was a really cool Persian cat. <laughs> We're, we're thinking that that was a Dear Heart Persian, correct? We are thinking that it was a Dear Heart Persian. My parents, they they take, they partake in the breeding program for... Or I did, yeah. For, did. for Dear Heart Persians, which is a, a slim offshoot of the Persian cats that is very low in population, uh, owing to a tragedy a few years back. Yeah. Um, they're the Fancy Feast cats. Yeah. That's how people would know them. Um, one of the other really cool things, but like as soon as I saw it, I was like, he's the bad guy, was Robert Shaw being in it. Uh, Robert Shaw is the Irish guy who was the assassin. Um, he's the bad guy in The Sting. And I remember watching The Sting with Robert Redford when I was a kid and just being like, as soon as I see that guy's face, oh, he's a bad guy. <laughs> so it was really interesting. He's like totally silent through most of the film. And then it wasn't until like later on that he starts talking. Um, so it was cool to see him because usually you just get like Sean Connery. Now I know um, Desmond Llewellyn actually played Q this time. And he played Q for 36 years until the world is not enough. So that was kind of cool. That was. So yeah, this, this, um, this was definitely, I think, a more well-fleshed-out movie. But it was also... <laughs> like, they go to dance with... They go to see the gypsies, and there's a fight that broke out. Nowadays, they would be called Romanies. You know? So I think that was, like, the only glaring, oh my gosh, why did you say that kind of thing. But, um... As a sign of the times, that's yeah. kind of, yeah. you know, the way things were. Also with the objectification of women just a little <laughs> no but i mean i don't think it was even that much in this one i i, I really don't i mean like, they they had a five minute scene of belly dancing in the gypsy camp in the romany camp yes <laughs> i'm like, calling it the gypsy camp because that's what they called it in the in yeah the film. well that doesn't excuse it um but speaking of of the women tatiana was this dancer she was a ballerina and then something happened and she became a spy right is that what happened i thought it was more like, a, like an analyst of some kind well yeah she became an analyst but she talked about how she was a dancer yeah and she... then specter like kind of said hey do you want to help mother russia here you go seduce james bond <laughs> No, it was uh, the the Frau right. character was she, she was with Spectre, right? But she didn't Tatiana know that Tatiana thought, thought she was she with was... Russian government. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm totally. I mean, I understood that, but I'm just saying 
basically, she's recruited even though she thinks that she's just working for Mother Russia. Basically, the plot is complicated. (laughs) (laughs) But what is not complicated is, uh, well, actually, no, this is complicated. Whenever they talked about the Lecter, I thought they were talking about Hannibal Lecter. So every single time, I'm like, wait. So wait, it's got wheels inside that are shaped like fava beans? I don't hear the lambs. They're silent. But no, it it was, I mean, obviously the lector does things with a voice and Tatiana knows all about it. She's able to help um, 007, which is nice. And they also have a lot of, so there's not a lot of alcohol in this, but there's like a lot of innuendo would you call it innuendo when she like models lingerie for him on a train (laughs) you know the script at that point said that (laughs) that she was actually supposed to have actually fallen for james bond the chemistry i don't think was quite there i feel like james bond fell for her more than she fell for him personally like it just it felt like he was all like oh yeah i'll take you back to england i'll make a good woman out of you will you wear this blue peignoir you know (laughs) i guess we'll agree to disagree but (laughs) i did like the fact that um you know for as much skin as they showed for her they showed an equally amount of skin for him so that was cool um and i did i did joke about He's got some fluffy chest hair. Sean Connery. <laughs> yes, during the film, she had to pause it to say, wow, you look at that. His chest hair enters the film before he does. It did. like For like solid two seconds, I think his chest hair is in the room before he, any part of him enters the room. I don't know. <laughs> right after he makes a, or right before he makes a uh, corny line about her mouth being just the right shape for him. Yeah, just the right size for me. And then, you know, black screen, because this is a decent movie. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't as bad as I thought. And Daniela Bianche was um, Tatiana Romanova. Okay, and also Romanova is kind of like the Romanov. So there's like, you know, ooh, ah. Um, But she was voiced by Barbara Jefford. So this is the second time we've seen the main character, the the main female love interest be voiced by somebody completely different, which is really interesting. Now, what was actually more interesting to me is the fact that in the first few minutes that we actually see her talking, I could actually tell that it was a dub. Right. But... It was only in that one scene that the dubbing was done badly. In the rest of the movie, I had actually forgotten the fact that it wasn't her actual voice. Well, and it's been said that um, Tatiana was based on Christine Granville, who was a Polish agent of British Special Operations during the Second World War. So she did intelligence and irregular warfare missions in Nazi-occupied Poland and France. Um, she was a British agent months before the the actual special operations executive uh, division was was founded in the forties. I mean that makes sense that that Ian Fleming would have based some of his fictional characters on real life people. Yeah, and it's it's kind of cool that she actually like she had a story. It wasn't just 
like she seemed like an almost more complete character than Honey Rider did. I think like Honey Rider was just kind of like there and there were things that she said that never got like came to fruition, never got totally just like re- uh like fixed or they were edited out. Yeah. But where but where Honey wasn't as developed as such, I think Tatiana's character really flowed and and had like an actual like well, I think intention. more more of the movie itself, the plot focused around Tatiana. Honey Rider in Doctor No was almost an afterthought. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, and also um, from Russia with Love had uh, the main baddie played by Anthony Dawson. You only saw his hands and the back of his head as he's stroking his cat, but Eric Pullman was the voice actor for that character, number one. So they're using a lot of voice characters that they're not crediting, which is kind of sad. Well, I think that that happened a lot for films back in the 60s because actors' rights really weren't a thing back then, and the studios had way more power. Um, the, The actors' unions really hadn't come into their own at that point. And so to get a job on a film like this you were happy just to have gotten the job and gotten paid in the first place yeah and to have credit where credits due and actually be put in the credits that was just something that the studio did just as a courtesy to the main players nowadays if you tried to do that there would be lawsuits filed you know faster than you can blink an eye yeah yeah i mean this definitely this definitely felt like a a more complete story compared to Dr. No, I think like I felt at the very end, we had a beginning, a clear middle and an end to the story. Now, while we know that there's more James Bond coming out, it just felt like a good, almost like a, a volume of a, a larger work, but it was complete in it. Story wise. That it was a good standalone, but also a good right. piece in an overarching story. Where I felt like Dr. No, while it was entertaining, it wasn't as such. Like, it it had some issues. <laughs> there were things that weren't completed. There were things that, like, why did this happen? Why did that happen? And I don't know if it's the budget or if it's just the time spent. Um, or if they knew, hey, you know what? We've done this before. Let's work on things. You know, I mean, what was your feeling of the movie? Uh, I liked it uh, better than I liked Dr. No. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I definitely see the areas in which they improved upon character development and story. And like I said, the, the archetype of James Bond, who he actually is, how he behaves, that kind of thing. Um, and I'm anxious to see how that progresses into the next film on our list, which is going to be Goldfinger. Well, now, let me ask you this. So, at the beginning, you said your favorite Bond was either Daniel Craig or Pierce Brosnan? Yes. Okay. Just as a reminder to those listening, it's by way of the fact that the only Bond films that I'd really see seen <laughs> start to finish were the Pierce Brosnan through Daniel Craig movies. Right. Has that changed at all with with seeing these movies? I would say no, only because 
Connery hasn't fleshed out the character yet. Truly. I, you know, I came into this saying Connery was the best, even though I hadn't seen any of them. (laughs) I am still saying Connery is the best. I mean, I've seen, I've seen Daniel Craig and I've seen bits and pieces of the others. Uh, Well, except for Roger Moore. But I, I really like where he's at at this one. I feel like you were getting a really good character. We're getting a really good story. And I think it's going to be kind of the golden age of of James Bond next in that Goldfinger um, movie. I think the only reason why I'm not saying that Sean Connery is the best Bond at this point. And because you're a traitor to your Scottish heritage, by by the way. I'll never be a traitor. Mark my words, Lassie. Um, The only reason why I'm saying that he is not yet is unfortunately because of the writing. Yeah. That the way that they've written James Bond is not how I think of James Bond in my mind. So, So it's not the Shakespearean aspects of his Spaniard played by an Egyptian in in um highlander or his stunning work with his uh russian accent in the hunt for red october no i'm (laughs) i'm not basing it on his other work okay i'm basing it on the fact that they've written james bond as somebody who is easily caught off guard there have been a number of situations both in dr no and in from russia with love where the bad guys have gotten the better of him and he's only managed to make it out alive by way of luck and by getting girls to fight for him. I, I, you know what? I think that's more realistic though, because I feel like in the late eighties and early nineties, James and, and past that James Bond has kind of been taken to like a superhero thing. But he's not a superhero. He's not a metahuman. He doesn't have special powers. No, I mean, he, we, Sean Connery does. But he's, he's certainly a fallible character. I, yeah. I'm not begrudging that. What I am begrudging is that he's supposed to be this super secret uh, spy agent. And yet seems to always get his pants caught around his ankles. No pun intended. They do say that in the film, don't they? Say something about him thinking. Think, think with his uh, with his brain. With his brain, yeah, yeah. They do mention that. I mean, I think again, I think Goldfinger is going to be kind of the the tide turning for that. I hope so. Yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm happy with what we're seeing. I, I really am. I like this better than Doctor No. Doctor No had some good points, but I think From Russia with Love was was way better than I thought it was going to be. It definitely wasn't as campy. No, and they had some really good fight scenes, like in the in the boats that they had, and like the I think the breathtaking views of Turkey were really cool, and like the the catacombs and everything that was cool to me. The scenery was definitely improvement. Yeah, and I just even the train scene, I think they did a really good job with it, <laughs> despite knowing that that wasn't him getting beaten up. Like it. Um, I just feel like this one felt like more cohesive. And can we appreciate just how many frames of train <laughs> got sped up in this film? Well, don't worry. They're going to like blow up a train in one of them, I'm sure. So 
They were on a steam locomotive. It doesn't move that fast. You don't know that. It's And yet they had it they had it looking like it was chugging by at like sixty miles an hour. Okay, you know Turkish coffee, right? It's a little more caffeine rich. Yeah, than than regular coffee. So they just had Turkish wood. Makes everything explode faster. And oh, he had it, Turkish wood, all right. Which is, that's terrible. <laughs> but no, this just felt like a. But I still think that there's something between him and Money Penny. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Like she's like, like, no, James, we're not getting there. I'll flirt with you, but no, ain't happening. And he's just like, but I like you. Oh no! In this one, she was like within millimeters of kissing him yeah. in the office i think she was teasing him and he walks in like ready to talk to her with this bravado and uh his boss shuts him down immediately <laughs> he's like well if you're not busy get in my office that was kind of cool <laughs> basically he went instantly flaccid <laughs> oh my gosh it's not all about that but you know he did take off his shirt a lot just saying <laughs> so I think I think it's fun for the whole family. That chest here is not going to film itself. <laughs> it's, well, it could actually. <laughs> I think it has a crew, like in their teamsters. <laughs> so they only work certain days and certain hours. But they're uncredited. <laughs> well, that's part of it. Like they actually sign a, a a disclosure saying, "Don't say I worked on on his chest hair, please. Don't say anything about that. We want them to think it's all him. It's part of like the." Okay, you know, like, England has, like, the Arthurian legends. Well, Scotland has the... (laughs) The the Connery chest hair. (laughs) I'm sticking to it. (laughs) So, Goldfinger. What? Goldfinger. Yeah. Is it Goldfinger? Yeah, it's It's Goldfinger. Okay. Not to be confused with Austin awesome Powers, Gold Member. See, and I've seen Gold Member. So <laughs> I'm coming from this as, wait, is it Goldfinger or is it Gold Member? And so everything he touched turned to gold. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering, I think what probably happens is the alchemy is gold. But I don't know. That's... Well, of course, we've got the infamous scene of one of the girls that Bond was interested in being completely dipped in gold. Oh, I didn't know that. That she's she's killed by basically uh, asphyxiation because her body is covered in gold paint. No idea. I had no idea about that. Spoilers. <laughs> she's a minor character. No, anyway. Okay. She okay. dies early on in the. Film. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> well, um. <laughs> I uh, I think. I think uh, I, I I think we're gonna like Goldfinger. I certainly hope so. Yeah, totally. I'm looking forward to it. So, do you like this one better than than Doctor No? Yes. It gets like a 96 percent on Rotten Tomatoes of eight out of ten. 96 percent of the the 49 reviewers gave it an eight out of ten. Which is pretty solid, I think, for the, that movie. That's like saying it gets 80%, 100% of the time? <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, I'm just saying, you know, for a movie from the 60s that isn't like a, a Hitchcock film or something. That like, is a pretty consistently high rating. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much for joining us in this herstoot 
Ooh, big words. <laughs> it's only seven letters. <laughs> yes, but they're words that nobody oh, uses. Oh, eight letters. Eight letters. <laughs> Sorry. Eight letters. Only um. novelists use those words, huh? <laughs> I was just thinking about his chest hair again. Um. <laughs> is it her stoot? <laughs> it is her stoot. <laughs> that chest hair has some chest hair. <laughs> um. But hopefully we'll be objectifying something else completely different on. That's guaranteed. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. And thanks once again to our music provider, Texas Radio Fish. Um, once again, made, uh, made possible with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial license. And you're listening to The Bonded Podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Tom. Have a great night. We'll see you next time. <laughs>